Judith, and welcome to another episode of Catholic Confessions. Um, in March this year, I was quite surprised to see on Instagram that two people I know were going on this five-month course at this School of Mission. So this was the first time I've heard of this um, School of Mission, and it's in New Zealand. So, And I really wondered what the participants will be learning. Five months is a pretty long time. It's as long as a university semester. So that really intrigued me. And now we are recording this at the end of 2019. My two friends have completed the course and they are now back in Singapore. And I'm glad that Francis Tay and Nicholas Lai have agreed to sit down with me for a chat to share their experience. Okay, so in one short sentence, how would you describe the school of mission? Maybe Nicholas, you can go first. Well, there's a saying in the ICP that the school of mission ruins you to normalcy. Um, in the sense that life can never be normal again. Uh, but for me personally, I see it as the school of mission ruins you for life. Not so much in a bad way, but it ruins you by breaking down all your past false notions of what life is and really introduces you to the beautiful and radical life of Christ that really allows one to experience the fullness of what Christ desires for each one of us in order to live it out in the world today. I think for me is 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 the authenticity and, and the love of the missionaries that they're sharing their life with people like me who are very reserved in life, and and you get to see how God moves through anyone and everyone, no matter how broken we are, how we think life is so comfortable, but sometimes God can just use us in any ways and many ways, and and this is what the school espouses to me to show me that God is really real. Uh, even in ordinary life of any one of us. This sounds like quite an experience. And so how did you know about the School of Mission and why did you decide to go for it? Maybe Francis now can, can start. Um, back then, I was still in um, Amplify Ministry in CSC and, and um, a seminarian was journeying with us, Father J- uh, Brother June back then, and he doing one of our conversation. He just suddenly mentioned about um, school or mission to me. He, he didn't know why. And then we talked about it. And I put it on the back burner of my mind after that conversation. Um, then the next about eight years, I was uh, serving with two different ministries. And somewhere at the end of the eight years, this thought came back to me. And also through my girlfriend then. And, and I explored it again. And therefore, I realized that it's time for me to go for this school. And I know that this school would somehow rather would change the way I look at life and faith. So for me, I've heard about the School of Mission from some friends who I found out went for this. And every one of them who came back from the school often spoke about how beautiful and life-changing that experience was. Uh, it just sparked a lot of curiosity and interest. But back then, I was still in the seminary, and so there was no chance for me to go. It was only sometime last year when I felt the Lord calling me to take a sabbatical of one year. And when I found out that the School of Mission in New Zealand fell nicely within this one year, uh, I thought about it but wasn't sure if this was where the Lord was leading. Uh, until sometime last year in October and I just happened to be having lunch with a friend and she pointed out to me that she met someone from the School of Mission in New Zealand because she went for it last year. So I happily joined them for lunch and found out that he was the school leader of the New Zealand School of Mission. And suddenly he started 
sharing with me more about the school and even said that, oh, if you want, I can interview right now and, you know. And it just felt like God sent someone all the way from New Zealand and he was just passing through Singapore to go back to his hometown in Indonesia to spend time with his family. And that one week when he was in Singapore, of all the places and of all the times, God allowed me to bump into him. And it was just very moving for me that the extent that God would, would take to call me to this school. And I think that was when I really felt that I should really give this a try. Was it very tough for you to um, really like take the plunge and make all the preparations to go for this? As you said, five months is a pretty long time, right? especially for a Singaporean when you wonder, you know, is it worth that time spent? Um, but because I did tell the Lord that this time, this one year of sabbatical was really for me to find myself to really help me discover who I truly am. And so from what I've heard about the school, I think it was uh, something that I believe would be very beneficial to me. And I really wanted to also get away from Singapore where everything is so familiar, so you're used to a certain lifestyle. And so I think being in a different country definitely would be what would help me discover my true self. So how about you, Francis? Uh, did you have to put aside a lot of things? Did you have to uh, make a lot of sacrifices in order to commit to this five-month journey overseas? It never in my wildest dream I would do this because I'm a very risk-averse person. So I'm very comfortable with a nine-to-five job. End of the day, you can do ministry work. But I think because of the last nine years, I already start to feel very drained in my, 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 my working life. And my spiritual director keep asking me, what do your heart wants? What do your heart wants? So this was really a push factor and, and also after that my mom passed away. I think that got me into thinking life is just so fragile and so short. And my last job was really quite draining on me and I decided to take the plunge. I just dropped everything and just, just fly to uh, New Zealand. And also uh, yeah, my girlfriend was with me so we were encouraging each other very much and yeah, what better way to try something new as a couple as well. Uh, in, in New Zealand in a different setting different environment and different spirituality that we experienced from Singapore How about first impressions when you first got there do you remember do you recall anything uh, significant I remember when we got there we were very jet <laughs> it was uh, quite a long flight cold and windy but some rather two uh, of the missionaries came to pick us up so it was very warm very, very uh, welcoming one is my, my buddy that I'll be joining with for the next five months. And the second one was the, the, also the school leader that welcomed us at the, the door of the monastery where we are staying with a very big um, smile. And, and I know that moment I see his smile and, and, and his, his big hug and also my buddy picking me up. I know things will somehow get very pretty interesting. I think for myself, um, it wasn't the first time I stepped into the monastery. Um, providentially, last year, uh, I went to New Zealand to visit my friend, my two friends who went for the school. And I thought, okay, I'll just go for a holiday there. Uh, and for half a day, they just showed me around. And I thought it was really a very s- sacred space. You can really experience that peace, that God's presence around. But at that time, I thought, oh, yeah, this is probably the last time I'll ever come back. So it was really nostalgic to come back again after one year and to now think of spending five months in this place. So... I think it was very moving that almost like God already prepared a room for me a year ago, right? And I think having the people welcome us, having uh, everyone just greeting us with so much joy and love 
I think it really moved me. It was almost like meeting a long lost family, you know, that I'm now gonna spend f- next five months with. I think it's evident that um, the fellowship element, the community, the sense of community that is very strong. So who, who were the other participants in, in, in this course, typically? So for this year, um, there were 11 of us. Uh, six of us actually came from Singapore, which is quite a big batch. The other three were from Malaysia, one from Indonesia, and another from Korea. Can you describe a typical day during the course? I akin it to like my back when I was in BMT, uh, basic military ter- training, where I need to wake up, do certain thing, do certain thing until the end of the day you can sleep. So a typical day is that the first thing you wake up in the morning is you can talk to God, meaning prayer time and mass. And it was very, very uplifting to begin the day, though you're tired, uh, jack lag for the first few weeks. But, but to just go into prayer with the community and, and to have mass in the morning is just very awesome. Followed by we have quick breakfast and begin with the lecture and um, lunch. And afternoon, we have a very interesting activity. It's called the ministry work, where we hands-on. It's like a break from lecture, and we can do um, different hands-on activities. Um, I and Nicholas, we were doing maintenance because we had only guys. And the girls mainly were either uh, washing the toilet, cleaning the house, or the third ministry will be in kitchen where they cook to remind that all three is not an easy task. And end of the day, after dinner, you just chill down, warm, uh, wind down. Um, you can revise a lecture uh, and chat with your fellow participants or just take a walk outside in, 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 in the neighborhood. And then we end of the day, uh, maybe about 10-ish. So it was a very disciplined kind of existence in, in a sense. You, you didn't have a chance to like slack too much or... Every single day, every weekday, weekend is is a certain routine that you have to cover. I think we were told quite early in the school that uh, why this program is five months because it takes typically three months to really um, break down old habits and form new habits. And so I believe this school was meant to help us inculcate a certain discipline, a certain lifestyle that will prepare us better for the life of a missionary disciple. Uh, so while it, it is in a way rather structured, but definitely there's also times for us to spend time with the Lord, spend time with ourselves. So there's still moments of freedom, moments of us to chill and to do our own thing. Um, but the structure allows us to really work towards appreciating these disciplines that actually help us grow better as disciples. So it's something that really helps us rather than restricts us. Okay. Could the both of you share maybe um, some high points or low points uh, during the course? Um, memorable moments, challenges, moments of grace? There were a lot of struggles, uh, personal struggles, and your past wounds were resurfaced during the, the, the course. Blessed, I felt, is that every time you surface, there'll be either someone there to help you, or someone you have this strength to realize that you can overcome it. No, we also, and we also, I also find grace through the ministry work that we do. One of my highlights of the ministry work or the maintenance that I do was to mourn the grass. With, it's like what we always see those um, workers on, on, on our streets in Singapore, but actually we actually get to do it ourselves. And as we were doing mourning the grass, either with a machine or with a manual cutter, you get to actually have a quiet time and uh, do some inflection of your life. Other graces will be there is a park behind us. It's a 
it's like a forest, a mini Mary Chi, we can call it. And and because it's winter season, so you don't have to worry about having being sweaty and running through it. But that's why I find grace in in the in the trees, in in the forest, walking through. And it's like like what Saint Ignatius said: Are you finding God in all things? And 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 I managed to find like how is it like to just be yourself and be with God? It's like a father and a son walking through the forest together, enjoying the the, the relationship and enjoying that moment with each other. And I think another grace thing which, which really struck me was when I was it's also when I visited this priest that's outside of the school, and and I was journeying with this priest for about a few few weeks, and and he's in his small library that I that we do our, our so-called spiritual direction. I I found God, and this moment of grace really um, have a deep impression on me, even till now. And I think like what Francis said, the school really helps us um, bring to light. Uh, our inner wounds and struggles so that the Lord can shed His light and heal. And we also learn to do this not just by our own strength, but really led by the Spirit. So I remember there was one time when uh, I had a little tension with another participant. And and while I'm the kind who usually tries to resolve it as quickly as I can, right, just to bring to light or reconcile, but I felt the Spirit just inviting me to stay with the emotions for a while. Uh, to take some time to really go deeper to what were the memories or what, where were the source of those uh, triggers coming from and to heal those first, right? So I took a few days just to process, just to, just to sit and, and, and discover where these triggers were coming from and allowed the Lord to heal. I was so eager to then quickly reconcile with a friend, but the Lord said, no, not the right time, and so wait. After a few days, uh, suddenly during breakfast one day, uh, I was just making coffee and this particular person came over and she said peace with you <laughs> but I heard it as pissed with you <laughs> and so I went what you're pissed with me and she said no I I just wanted to say peace with you but we both laughed because we knew there was some truth in what I misheard and though we didn't say much after that that kind of broke the ice and started that healing process very naturally uh, and it wasn't until much later that we got the chance to speak about it, laugh about it, but also saw how God was at work, you know, healing both of us because she was also dealing with her own set of wounds. And I think if I had gone in too early, it wouldn't be the right time also. So I think from this, I really experienced God's providence and movement where it's really important to let God be the one to lead and guide us through processes of healing or reconciliation uh, and to actually experience that he's the one who knows best. Yeah. Another example that I saw him at work was uh, one time we were out for mission and we were sent out in pairs, right? And we were called to pray for the Lord to reveal who he wanted us to, to reach out to. Um, and so me and my partner, we had this vision of a, an old man with a white beard, a beanie, and he was dark skin. And, and so for an hour, we just spent walking around the, the neighborhood and trying to look for that man. But we couldn't find him and I was a bit disappointed. Like, oh God, why did you give us this image and we couldn't find? So I left feeling a little bit disappointed. But the next time we did it, we went around just looking for uh, a singular person. right? And we were about to end that one hour and as we were going back to the van, somehow, I'm not sure why, I, I didn't recognize where the van was parked. And so I walked further away. And me and my partner saw an, a man sitting down and so I told him, oh, let's just do one, one last round, just one per last person. And we went over and we saw that he was homeless and we just 
asked him had he had his meal and and we asked whether we could pray for him and so in the midst of praying uh, asking and asking God to provide for him uh, suddenly out of nowhere this man came in and and gave a croissant to this homeless guy I think the homeless man was shocked at how powerful the prayer is so he just went uh, pray some more pray some more and I think it was and then it was only after that incident that I realized, oh, he's he's wearing a beanie, he has white beard and he's dark skin. I'm like, this is the man that God was preparing us for, but it wasn't immediately. And again, right, God was teaching us, you know, that wait on his time and purpose, right? And and how he can provide. So I think it's all these moments that really seal that that conviction in me that when we learn to live in the spirit and move with the spirit, God always knows the right time, the right person, and it's for us to just simply be open and docile and obedient to his timing and purpose. Mm. Thank you for sharing your deep and touching moments of grace. So from what I understand, so the course has uh, some content elements where there's some lectures and there's also hands-on in the sense of um, hands-on service to the community doing just, in a way, menial tasks and also really going out on the streets to do outreach. So now that you have been back in Singapore for a few months, how did that whole experience, uh, in a way, what kind of change did it effect in your life? What, what do you think? And how are you living out this mission now that you're back? If you read in the scripture, there is this uh, transfiguration scene where, where the, the three disciples and Jesus went up to the mountain. And because it was so exciting, so so surreal, Peter just wanted to hold on to the to experience. And therefore, he said, build a tent. So coming down... That's where the challenge. So it's like for me when I came back to to Singapore, the experience I had to go back to ground again, and it was quite a struggle because uh, there's no more the transfiguration experience. Everything is very high and empowering, and then, but this time around I felt it's a bit different. It's not like I come out of a retreat spiritually high, but I came back with a sense of of, of who I am, a, a stronger dignity that I, that I found out who I really am. It's very simple that I need brought back one thing, one one identity, and that's I'm a child of God, and this resonated with me very strongly. I managed to find a job, and during that two months of work, I feel very peaceful and surreal going through the job. Yes, it's a simple job, but some rather is very much different than how I struggled for the last few years of my life before I went to school. And also, I began to to trust in God more, though it's an area I'm still looking at trust in His goodness, and I began to look at Him as different. And I think the biggest takeaway, or one of the biggest takeaways, I managed to see God as God and not in my own father. That because God has given my father to me, and I'm able to see the difference between who really God is and who my dad is to me. For me, one of the major lessons I took away from the school of mission is that less is more. The less you do, or the less you depend on your own strength, then the more the Lord can take over, the, Lord, the more the Lord can enter. And that we are called to thrive and not to strive, right? And I think coming back to Singapore, it's it's so easy to fall back into the default way of life where everything is about trying to do more, to achieve more, to uh, to really uh, find the quickest way to get maximum results. But with my experience in the School of Mission, I really learned how to slow down more, how to make space for myself, how to make space for the Lord, and not to rush into trying to strive, but really allow the Lord to take his time to you know, water the plant, to nurture us so that we thrive according to his time. So I found myself back in Singapore when I was asked to do certain things for the church or certain groups. 
you know, it's easy to rush into things. Um, um, but I remember what I learned, right? And I think learning to just make space for God to enter. There was one event uh, for the Novena Youth Rally and, and someone asked if I could help, you know, with, with, with the event. But it was very short notice. It was like three weeks before it and I just told the person, uh, maybe not, right? And I said, if God intervenes, then maybe I'll say yes. And one week later, the Lord did, kind of prompt me and then, and I said okay Lord you know, if there's five to seven people then maybe I'll consider you know? when finally I got added into the chat group of the group of volunteers who came there was exactly seven people and I was quite shocked but very moved of God's providence and so even though it was two weeks to the event we just continued to pray make space and really listen and, and I think at the end of it when we make space for God he really provided and he really showed up and eventually, uh, the skit that we put up was not only moving and heartfelt, it fitted with the bigger theme right, of the whole rally without us intentionally wanting it. And, and I think it made me realize, yeah, you know, it's really allowing God to take over our life. I mean, we say it all the time, let God be the center, seek ye first the kingdom of God. But I think living it out, especially in the place of Singapore, it's not easy, but it takes that consciousness and that intentionality to really trust in His providence, in His direction, and not on our own understanding and strength. So I think that's something I'm learning more and more. And I think one other thing that I took away from school is to really trust in God's providence. Even though I've come back and I'm really not sure what I'm called to do in the next few years, um, but I feel this tugging to explore this missionary life. And it's something I've never actually thought about before, right? Initially, priesthood already seemed like the biggest jump. But now to live my life so radically, waiting upon the Lord, letting Him bring me to places wherever He desires, and just trusting that He will provide a place for me to sleep, He will provide food, uh, which has already happened in the last few months when I've been to Australia, Thailand, and even Cambodia. Uh, I think it has made me realize how real the gospel truth is, that when you trust in God and when He calls you and just go and follow Him wherever He takes he never disappoints and and that life, as radical as it may seem, as crazy as it is as it seems, is really something that's so beautiful, so full, uh, that one can never go back to your old way of life. I think we all can see how difficult it is to um, extract ourselves from um, the society that we are familiar with, like in Singapore, it's consumerist. Uh, life is very fast paced. So for us to really find time to um be in silence, to have that time with God, it takes a lot. I mean, sometimes it takes a whole overseas experience. And it's very inspiring to hear about both of your journeys. But I guess perhaps not everyone is called to this radical way of a life of a missionary. And But of course, as, as Christians, we are also called to evangelize the faith in our everyday lives. So is there any message that you have for the listeners? What, or after your whole journey this year, have you gained any insights about faith evangelization today? You know, what are the pressing issues that we encounter? For me, one of the biggest lessons I took away is that our self-worth and identity is not dependent on our achievements and our successes. Through the school, I've coined this term that I may sometimes feel useless but I'm still precious. And I think the greatest work of a missionary disciple is not so much about the work that you do for God or for others, but 
allowing the work that God wants to do for us and allowing Him to help us discover our true self, our true authentic self, and to just be loved for who we are, uh, not for what we do. And I think once we grow in that conviction, evangelization is simply about letting your life speak. It's not just about doing the work of evangelization, but living a life true to who God made us to be. And that itself can be a very powerful and a moving message for whoever we meet, whether overseas or even back home. And so anyone and everyone can and are called to be a missionary disciple wherever we are. And for me, the most important thing is to continue allowing God to work on us, to restore us to our true self, to really break down whatever lies and and heal whatever wounds that we have sometimes um, buried uh, so that we can truly live out the fullness of life, right? And as St. Catherine of Siena would say, be who you are and set the world on fire. And I think that is really for me what being a missionary disciple is. A priest once told me that one of the reasons why he left his job to join the priesthood is because he was is that many of us go for take a short break from work, go for travel, and then we come back. The first thing we think of, oh, when is our next trip? So it's a cycle that he going through over and over again until he realized, nah, there must be something more to it. So with this thinking, I was also looking on the streets when I came back to Singapore and I look at everyone in the MRT station, that's why MRT train or even on the streets walking around. I just wonder what is in their mind, what is going through their life. Is life just about working out in the morning, go through work and then uh, at the end of the day, you, you, know, you take a break and rest. I feel like God did not create us just to have this uh, life or simple life, but more. Actually, every single one they created is so uniquely different definitely have a purpose for each one of us in our life. We may think that we are not called to be a missionary or even you know, share the, the simple um, love of God with our, even our neighbour. But some rather it's not. It's just that he called us into love and it, it was this love that, that that drives me to come here to Singapore. I, I'm not, I won't go on the street and start preaching like how I did when we were in, 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 in New Zealand. But it's not more about just living your life and to show the people on the left and right of you that yeah, God has, is indeed real can be found not just in extraordinary like going for retreats or going for siren you know, quiet time but also in the ordinary life that you can even find God I want to show that you can even find God in eating your breakfast in the morning or even talking to your friends at lunch or just even you know, reading a, a simple news article like God mm, what is God thinking where is God and all this it's not as if I, I want to force God into my life it's more about I about you finding God in everything that you do, even a simple petition, asking God to please pray for maybe the health of my good friend, or I would like to any a job. It's, it's about living a radical life first in our minds, in our thoughts. And this is what I, I realized and, and, and coming back from the school, God do not just want us to go out there and spread the word, but just to just allow him to our daily life would do Thank you very much, Nicholas and Francis, for your um, open sharing about your journey. And uh, we pray that we will continue to be open to the promptings of the Holy Spirit in our life. Thank you for listening and God bless. Mm -hmm.